Section 7 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Tienan. Thursday, 15. At Easton, I spoke on 1 Peter 1, 3-5. Brother Watcote preached at night. Friday, 16. We were at Bolingbroke Chapel. It was an exceedingly cold day for the season. I read a little and added a short exhortation, after which we hasted to William Brown's to dine, and, the wind having lulled, crossed Choptank at Annals Ferry. The severity of the weather caused uncomfortable feelings. Nevertheless, we greatly rejoiced in the Lord, because of his glorious work, which is spreading along like a moving fire. Saturday, 17. At Henry Ennell's I spoke on Psalm 145, 8-10. I have now ridden, I suppose, three thousand miles since my departure from Philadelphia on the last of July, 1801. Sunday, 18. We had a full house at Cambridge. Our new chapel is two stories high, well planned and neatly finished. After exhortations and sacrament, Bishop Watcote preached. Meeting ended, we rode fourteen miles through the rain to B. Ennals. Monday, 19. Rain coming on, we were detained a little, but afterward we rode within two miles of Quantico, arriving too late. We dined at Fletcher's and rode on to Salisbury, making thirty miles this day. Bishop Whitecoat preached in the evening. Tuesday, 20 was fair time, yet many attended, and we had a gracious season. My subject was Matthew 22, 5. Wednesday 21. We had a long ride to Anamessex Chapel, nearly thirty miles this day, before we came to our lodgings at Samuel Smith's. Thursday 22. We rode twenty miles to Downing Meeting House in Accomack County. I spoke upon Psalm 66, 16. It was a gracious season. We had only time, and in borrowed carriages rode afterward about twenty miles to Captain Watson's, weary and sleepy, as we had had little rest, night or day. Virginia, Eastern Shore, Friday 23. Bishop Watcote preached at the meeting house in Diamond Town to a numerous audience. That evening we had to ride twenty miles to Mr. Watts's, upon Chingoteague. But the Lord was in the family, and blessed the people. We have a most pleasing prospect in Accomac. A general revival is going through the county. Next day we had a heavy ride to Snow Hill. Our new meeting-house not being finished, I preached in the courthouse to many serious people, upon Philippians 1.6. After worship we rode on to Isaac Bowman's, fifteen miles, and lodged at Dr. Wilson's plantation, now in the possession of Mr. White. Maryland, Eastern Shore, Sunday, 25. We had a great time at Bowen's Chapel. There were present about one thousand souls, to whom Brother Watco preached. I read a letter and gave an exhortation. We came on nine miles to William Lester's that evening. Delaware On Monday we had to ride to the Sound Chapel, 
where we found a large congregation. The prospect of religion here is good. In the evening we reached Mr. Lacey's, near the head of Indian River, making little short of thirty miles for our day's ride. On Tuesday, Brother Wadcote went to Lewistown, whilst myself preached at Milford. Wednesday 28. I preached at Dover on Ephesians 5, 1, 2. Thence I hasted to Duck Creek Crossroads, where I spoke in the evening. Thursday 29. We had a blessed rain. We rode through it to Wilmington, in Judge Bassett's Cochi. I was sick, with night-watching and fevers, and a disturbed stomach. I lodged for the night with Alan Emeline. My fever rose. Pennsylvania, Saturday, May 1. On my way to Philadelphia, I called once more upon my old friend Mary Withy. In the city, I found many things I cannot here relate, some pleasing and some painful. Our conference opened on the 1st of May. We had an increase of probationers. In two sittings, we did not get through the first question, who are admitted upon trial? We appointed a committee of five to manage the temporal concerns, and recommended a day of fasting and prayer to be observed on the 4th of May, for the conference, the church in general, and the continent at large. By a hasty calculation, I find I have ridden 3,303 miles from and returning to Philadelphia. To my happy surprise, George Roberts and John McClaskey came forward and moved that the brethren of the city who had bought the academy should have the offer of a preacher. The conference at once agreed that the superintendents of the Methodists of the United States should make them an overture upon the best terms. There was but one dissenting voice. We had great peace throughout the sitting, although there were many things to occupy our thoughts. My mind was taken up in entering the minutes, and in making needful changes. After voting the next sitting of our conference at Duck Creek, we rose on Thursday the 6th inst. Sunday 9 I preached at St. George's upon Romans 14, 19 at Ebenezer, upon Philippians 2, 12-16, and at Bethel, among the Africans, on Titus 2, 11-12. Monday 10. I had a sudden thought that it would be best to cross at Gloucester. We did so and had a sudden passage, in a noble boat, to the Jersey Shore. We sailed over in eight or ten minutes. New Jersey. We came on to Clemmel, dined at Robert Newell's, and attended our appointment at three o'clock. Brother Whitecoat made an improvement upon Isaiah 25, 20, 21. My mind was in an unexpected manner led to John 2, 15. I wake myself. I had probably lost thirty hours in the city. Tuesday 11. We rode to Henry Frith's and dined after which we attended our appointment at Salem. My mind here was overruled on my subject. I made a sudden choice, whilst I was singing a hymn, of 1 Corinthians 7, 29-31. We had many serious people at Salem. 
we returned to Henry Fritz and lodged there. Pennsylvania, Wednesday 12. We had a blessed rain, but not pleasing to ride through to Humphrey's Meeting House at Pittsgrove. Bishop Watcoat preached upon the abundant entrance. I only exhorted upon the seasons, natural and spiritual, and read Mr. Hodges's letter. We lodged at Joseph Newkirk's. Thursday 13. We came to Bethel, and I spoke on, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. The rain fell upon us as we rode to Daniel Bates's. Friday 14. We rode to Moorestown, and held a meeting at Hugh Hollinshead's. Brother Watcoat spoke upon, The kingdom of God is not in word but in power. It was late, and I therefore occupied about fifteen minutes in exhorting against making light of the gospel. Saturday 15. In our route to New Mills through the mount, in the hollow, we found the road greatly improved. I have ridden about four hundred towards the four thousand miles. My mind in general is kept in great peace. After thirty-one years' acquaintance, William Budd and myself still live, and, I hope, live for God and to his glory. Sunday 16. At New Mills I preached upon Philippians 2, 12-16. We had an open season. The people are in living exercise, and souls are coming home to God. Monday 17. Through heavy continued rain, we came on to cross weeks. We dined with Mr. Lovell, and after drying our clothes, about two o'clock went to the meeting house. Here we found a fire and a stove, and warmth and comfort. How different this from visiting an open house in the woods, with wind and rain beating upon you, and sitting in your damp dress and a damp house for three hours, after which you are to ride five or ten miles to a bad lodging, where you are to dry yourself and find comfort if you can. Tuesday 18. At Enley's I spoke on Hebrews 12, 1, 2. After preaching we rode to Captain Covels, an old English Methodist sea captain. New Jersey. At Milford. A cold day and few people. We visited Sylvester Hutchinson, in an afflicted and low state of body. Thursday 20. We had a weary ride to Brunswick. My subject here was Revelation 17.14. Next day we came to Drake's. Bishop Watco preached to the preachers present, Totten, Mills, Clark, to which I add the family, and three others. Saturday 22. We came upon Staten Island at the old Blazing Star. I called at the mansion of Justice Wright, where I had been entertained, and where I had preached almost thirty-one years past. I was thankful to find Mrs. Wright happy in God, although afflicted in body. Here I saw the third generation rising into accountability. We prayed, and were comforted together. We housed for the night with Joseph Totten, upon the south side. Sabbath 23 
N. Snethen, who had been on a visit home, came up with us today. I had an opportunity of reading his answer to Mr. O'Kelly's rejoinder to his and Snethen's reply. Whilst at Milford, I read the inscription on the gravestone of Anne Hutchinson. Her maiden name was Simpson. She was born upon Long Island, and married in the county of Middlesex, state of New Jersey. She was the mother of thirteen children, and the great-great-grandmother of upwards of three hundred children. She died aged a hundred and one years, nine months, and seven days, in January 1801. About eighty, she in a great degree lost her sight. About ninety, it returned. Her hair changed a few years ago from white to a dark brown. I have seen her, and conversed with her. At this advanced age she did not appear to be weary of the world. My soul hath been oppressed with deep and sore temptations. It may be thus, that I should not be lifted up at the prosperity of the church, and increase of ministers and members. I have a variety of letters, conveying the pleasing intelligence of the work of God in every state, district, and in most of the circuits in the Union. Ride on, blessed Redeemer, until all the states and nations of the earth are subdued unto thy sacred sway. At a meeting-house upon Staten Island, at the old blazing star, my subject was Matthew 22, 5. The rain probably deprived us of half our congregation. After administering the sacrament, we rode in the rain to Nicholas Crouchinson's at the East End. My text here was Acts 5, 30-32. Several came forward and joined the society. I have visited upon the island for thirty-one years, and I am pleased to find there is a revival of religion. Monday 24. I came to Elizabethtown. Unwell as I had been on the Sabbath evening, and deprived of rest, I was expected to preach at eight o'clock. My subject was Ephesians 2.10. Wonders will never cease. Nothing would serve, but I must marry Thomas Morrill to a young woman. Such a solitary wedding, I suppose, has been but seldom seen. Behold Father Morrill, 75. Father Watcoat, 66. Francis Asbury, 57. And the ceremony performed, solemnly, at the solemn hour of ten at night. New York, Tuesday, 25. We came to New York, and took up our lodging at Mr. Suckley's. We advanced towards the completion of four thousand miles for the present year. I have had great exercises in going through rain and continual labor, but have been blessed with great peace by my good and gracious God. My first public exercise in the city was in the African church, a very neat wooden house, but by far too small. My text was Ephesians 2, 11 through 14. Friday 28. I spoke in John Street upon 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 through 9. Sunday 30. After Bishop Watcote had preached, I read letters respecting the great revival of religion, westward and southward. The death of Sarah Hutchinson gave occasion to my preaching her funeral sermon at the Bowery Church in the afternoon. 
the deceased was the daughter of Frederick de Vaux, whose house and family, in New Rochelle, were the first to receive and welcome the Methodist preachers, and thus became the gate by which we have had such an abundant and permanent entrance into the state of New York. After sitting under the ministry of the gospel above thirty years, the saint, as I was informed by her sister, Hester Wilson, died very happy in God. Tuesday, June 1. We opened our yearly conference in John Street Meeting House, and continued our labors in Great Peace and Union. We have a large admission of preachers upon trial as travelers. At this conference there are twenty-two, and in six conferences, sixty-three. Saturday 5. We had a day of solemn fasting and prayer for the church, the conference, the continent, and for the world, upon the eve of which I preached from 2 Corinthians 2, 14, 15, with great plainness, and so much fire as made my earthly tabernacle very restless through the night. John M. Klasky gave us the first sermon upon Joel 2, 15-17. Sunday 6. We had a love feast at 8 o'clock, preaching at 10 o'clock, and sacrament at 12 o'clock. Some good shakings went through the house, but there was nothing very signal. The collection for the preachers gave occasion to a sermon, which I must needs preach. It was done upon 1 Corinthians 16, 14. I attended and read a letter at the Bowery Church, where a collection for the same purpose was also made. At six o'clock I preached in the North River Church, on Luke eleven thirteen, and so we closed our labors in the city. But instead of a page, it would require a volume to tell the restless tossings I have had, the difficulties and anxieties I have felt about preachers and people, here and elsewhere, alternate joy and sorrow. But I have been supported. I am done. I am gone. New York, once more, farewell. Monday 7. We had a very warm, dusty ride to the Widow Sherwood's, where we held meeting at four o'clock. As it appeared to be the wish and will of this conference that I should be at that of Monmouth, I desired Ensnethen to go upon my appointments. How sweet to me are all the moving and still life scenes which now surround me on every side! The quiet country houses, the fields and orchards, bearing the promise of the fruitful year, the flocks and herds, the hills and vales, and dewy meads, the gliding streams and murmuring brooks, and thou too, solitude, with thy attendance, silence, and meditation. How dost thou solace my pensive mind after the tempest of fear, and care, and tumult, and talk, experienced in the noisy, bustling city? Where will they send me? To Hampshire? To Rhode Island? To Connecticut? To Canada? One preacher wishes to go where another dreads to be sent, and smiles at the fears of his more timid brother. But, say the citizens, how shall we be supplied? Such a one will be too strict, and may put us out of order. A second will not keep the congregations together, and our collections will not be made. A third will not please, because he is not a lively preacher, 
and we want a revival of religion. Ah, the half is not told of the passions, parties, hopes, and fears amongst the best of men, through ignorance and mistake. This at least may be said of the Methodists of New York. They are righteous overmuch in their kindness to their friends. Tuesday 8 I preached at New Rochelle Meeting House on Psalm 145, 8-11. We dined at Ramson Burtis's. Connecticut, Wednesday 9. We were at James Banks's, Byram River. Bishop Watco preached, I only exhorted, and read a letter. Next day I preached at the Old Well, at Absalom Days, near Norwalk, upon Acts 3.26. I had to walk out at eight o'clock in the night, to a crowded schoolhouse. There has been a small stir here, and now, amongst Congregationalists, Episcopalians, and Methodists, it is who shall. Brother Watcote was very ill with a bilious fever. I was afraid of pushing him too swiftly. Friday 11 After a few hours' sleep in the night, we came off early to Joseph Hall's, in Stratfield. Here we dined, prayed, and parted, continuing on through Bridgeport, formerly Newfields, where we saw an elegant Episcopal meeting-house, which some would call a church. In Stratford we stopped at Elnathan Wheeler's, where our weary bodies and spirits were refreshed. Next morning we moved off in earnest, expecting to reach North Bristol, but at the ferry our courage was somewhat damped. The boat was fast aground, and the tide was low. Nevertheless, the boat from the other side came to our relief, and handed us across Housatonic in six minutes. With the kind family of Mr. Jocelyn, we rested two hours in New Haven. I was pleased to hear that the students of Yale College, as many as ninety or one hundred, had been under gracious impressions. They would come to hear the Methodists, and like other very genteel people, mock and deride. But God struck some of the vilest of them by the ministry of Samuel Merwin. This may be denied, but it is known to God and to their own consciences. At North Guildford we stopped at Mr. Talman's, fed, and continued on to Josiah Cohn's, where we housed for the night, weak and weary. Sunday 13 At West Haddam I preached to a few. There had been no notice. Bishop Watcote, feeble as he was, spoke in the afternoon. I read some letters giving an account of the prosperity of the work of God, south and west. This has been a trying week to body, soul, and spirit. I have made out 420 miles, exceedingly rocky and rude. Should I live to be as old as Mr. Wesley, and travel as long as he did, yet shall I never see a Maryland in Connecticut. In West Haddam our people have nearly finished their meeting-house. It has a most excellent pulpit, and a neat sanctuary round it, simply enclosed. We lodged with John Wilcox. He is faint, yet faithful, and waiting for the consolation of Israel in holiness and glory. My soul is like a weaned child, to do and to suffer, 
to make rest more desirable in pursuit, and more abundantly satisfying in the enjoyment. To say not a word about earthly things, my spirit has been greatly assaulted, and divinely supported in grace, in God, in Christ, in the hope of rest, 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 eternal rest. Monday 14. We crossed to Connecticut River, and came to Middle Haddam, lodging at Elisha Days. But it is night in this place. A little meeting-house, a little society, and little religion. Tuesday 15. I preached upon Acts 8, 6. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and preached Christ unto them. I inquired how the apostles preached Christ. To sinners the atonement, to be apprehended by faith, preceded by repentance, in believers the hope of glory. It was observed. It appeared, according to the divine attributes of justice, mercy, truth, and love, that there must be a general provision for all. Such as are in God prove it must be so preached Christ as the anointed of God, a prophet, priest, and king, generally and personally, in his operations of grace. The people were attentive. After preaching, I ordained Jeremiah Stocking, a deacon. Wednesday 16. We dined at Lyme and rode on to New London. Brother Watcote preached on 2 Corinthians 6, 5. The house was crowded, and the young men and boys very disorderly. We lodged at Richard Douglas's. Thursday 17. We had a pleasant ride to Norwich. Behold, the temple hath been burnt down, and more elegantly rebuilt since I was here. Thus have they made a benefit of a calamity. Bishop Watco preached upon Christ's love for the church. I read a letter and prayed. On Tuesday we came to Nathan Herrick's at North Preston. I read some letters and then preached upon Titus 2, 11, 12. We had an open time. I made two simple propositions. One, the operations of grace upon sinners. And two, the operations of grace on believers, by which they live in self-denial of all evil, and bear the cross, enjoy the life of God, and exercise themselves in Christian temperance, Justice and Holiness. Rhode Island, Saturday, 19. Two General Lippets, at Cranston, 28 miles. Sunday, 20. I opened the meeting at half-past ten o'clock, then followed the ordination, then the sacrament, after which Brother Watco preached upon Ephesians 3, 8. My subject was 2 Corinthians 3, 11, 12. In my improvement, I showed the character and offices of Moses compared with Christ, the glory of Moses, and the superior glory of Christ, the letter and spirit of the law, the letter and spirit of the gospel, and I dwelt largely upon the latter. Plainness of speech, simple and searching, pointed to every case and character. My work was imperfect. I had not time and perhaps not skill to finish and properly apply so great a subject. We had four exhortations, 
and concluded about four o'clock. End of section seven. Recording by Brian Keenan.